Hello, Ned here with a quick update about the Patreon that we just launched this past week. So the response that we've gotten has been amazing and kind of crazy and very humbling. At the time of recording, we have already broken our first three community stretch goals, meaning that everybody who joins, even at the $2 patron tier, will get a personalized recording from the Impetab character of their choice, along with access to a set of digital wallpaper packs featuring artwork from the campaigns and all of the music that I have written for the show. It's honestly kind of insane to me that we've gotten this far this quickly right after the launch and at this point it's just a straight shot to our next goal which will allow us to start releasing bonus episodes every month. So as part of this we're going to shout out the first three of our sticker club patrons, those who have joined at the highest tier of the Patreon. In the future we'll probably put these into the plug section but I already edited this episode, blah, whatever, you're gonna get them now. But first person we're shouting out is Michael Sear, the very first person who joined our Patreon and the person who single-handedly broke that first stretch goal, allowing everybody to get the personalized recordings. So from henceforth, Michael Sears shall be known as the founding patron, and all gratitude can be granted unto him for his generosity, as well as, you know, if you enjoyed Transformer Rejects, he's the reason why that exists, and I really enjoyed that, so hopefully you do as well. Second person we're shouting out is Elena Georgieva, who incidentally was the very first person who donated to our Kofi account back in the day. She was the first person who ever supported this podcast financially and now has joined for the long haul. Thank you so much, Ellie. Glad to have you on the team. And then the third person we're going to shout out is Thomas Ryan, who we actually have mentioned before in the plug section of this show. Personal friend of the show, Evan and I know him from way back in our scout camp days. Does some streaming on Twitch at The Manly Jones. Evan has been there to collaborate with him on some Minecraft videos, and he has also agreed to be the moderator for our community Discord, so we're glad to have him on the team as well. So those are the first three people who are going to be shouting out as part of the Sticker Club tier, and we have plenty more people to shout out. We're so grateful for everybody that has turned out so far, and for those of you who haven't, we're going to be releasing some of our bonus Patreon episodes on this main feed, so you'll be able to hear the first two obligatory talkback episodes for our Avatar campaign and the first two campaigns worth of fake character sketches. We're really excited to get those to you, but what we're even more excited for is for you to hear this episode, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Buckle in. It's going to be a great time over here at ImpTab. Much love and stuff. On with the show. Previously on ImpTab Avatar. After having found some refuge in Lungkau City Block, the haunted area of the Lower Ring of Bossing Say, Amar and Zaya woke up after a long night of rest, a little bit less fatigued than before, and decided they would head on their way up to meet with Hu Li at her tea shop, and hopefully from there meet up with Jetsun himself. Along the way, as they were tricking some Dai Li into not noticing them by hiding in a group of farmers, they noticed a series of signal flares, these basins that would be lit to inform the Dai Li that it was time to bring more reinforcements to the upper ring. And so they plotted that maybe they might be able to sabotage this signal system and thereby undermine some of Taya's authority throughout Bossing Se. They showed their papers to a very chill and lackadaisical Bossing Se city guard and headed on their way up to the middle ring. As this was going on, Jetsun teamed up with Lobsang and Jihui and began heading to the upper ring, escorted by Taya and a couple of Daili officials. They finally met Earth King Jaloon himself, who welcomed them to his palace, insinuated that maybe he knew something about Jetsun's mysterious past with something known as the Guiding Wind, a phrase which also triggered a memory in Lobsang, 
and before beginning the match itself, Jetsune planted a note for Taya with a combination of three symbols, the symbol of the Guiding Wind, the Claw of Wanshitong, and the Crest of the Earth King, with the words, He is not alone. And right as Jetsune had sat down with Earth King Jaloon to begin this match, that is where we left off. Are our heroes finally going to get back together after so many episodes apart? Are they going to be able to give the Earth King the information that they'd set out to give him without upsetting the Dai Li? Let's find out here in the world of Imptab Avatar. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Imptab Avatar, the Avatar Legends actual play where we make up almost everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, pining to be back with Christian. McKenna Steele, I suppose same, but you're right next to me. But it's too hot in our house for me to be close to you. <laughs> <laughs> and Christian Randall, coming down off of a Pokemon binge. Who's excited? Who's excited for this episode? I'm oh, stoked. Excited is a word. <laughs> I have not decided my emotions. It's a lot of, my heart is beating fast. I'm sweating. Is that excitement? Yeah. Well, RAC is still broken, so it's both. <laughs> but we're going to let Christian stew a little bit more in his sweaty juices, and we're going to pick up <laughs> with Amar and Zaya as they are on their way to the middle ring. You're on the rail cars. You're able to get off in a familiar place to you. You've made this trip a couple times by now, and Huli's tea shop is not too far off from here. Do you think it's going to look suspicious if we just start running? Let's not run. Let's walk carefully. Okay. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You begin making your way at a moderate pace across the square towards Huli's tea shop, looking a little worse for wear than most people would be in this part of town. You're getting a couple haughty glances, people staring down the bridges of their noses at you, but eventually you make it to the tea shop itself. It's not super late. You still manage to get here fairly early in the morning, so you've beaten a lot of the crowds. And as you walk inside, you see that Huli is busying herself behind the counter, but Rian Sungi is sitting at a table not too far from the entrance, and he waves you down with his eyes wide. Hey, those eyes are quite wide there. Are they are they wide with good news? Well, Jetsun and the others are currently up with the Earth King, presumably. Well, hopefully they made it to the Earth King. I don't know if... if Maybe Taya did something along the way, but hopefully he's with the Earth King right now. Oh boy. Huli and I have been trying to figure out a way that we can get you up there. We've pulled some strings and we have arranged for a musical presentation that we're going to be giving in the upper ring. I will be playing my Tsungi horn, Huli will be playing her Erhu. We are going to hopefully sneak you in in some instrument cases is our plan. That is amazing. You guys are incredible. That is like shenanigans that the two of us would get up to, and I am so impressed. Well done. I did not think up a single part of this plan. It was all Huli. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, when, well, when are we leaving? When are we heading up there? We would think it would be good to get you up there as soon as possible. You've been away from Jetsun for so long, and I'm sure you've gone through a lot of crazy stuff in the time that you've been gone, so we can be ready to go at the drop of a hat. Okay, well, I, I don't look great, but that doesn't really matter. Um, you always look great. And Huli steps up behind you and says, Oh, I think it does matter. Let's get you spruced up a little bit. I've got a very nice kimono that I think you would look wonderful in, darling. Oh, we're going kimono. Okay, full on okay. We need you to be able to slip by unobserved in the upper ring of bossing. Say, we need you to look a little bit fancier than you... And she looks down at your mud-caked clothing <laughs> uh, than you currently do. Do I get the kimono as well? 
Uh, let me see what I've got for you. <laughs> okay, I guess I can do that. While she is getting freshened up, I'd like to talk to Rion and say, Hey, um, as a backup, should we bring, like, extra instruments for myself and for Zaya in case, like, we need to pretend that we are part of the band? Oh, do, do you play? No, but, like, anything super easy. Like, I could play the triangle, maybe. Ah, uh, that's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> oh, here you go. And he pulls out a wood block with a little stick and hands it to you. That is perfect. Thank you. Anything for Zaya? You hear from the back. I can play more cowbell. <laughs> and Rion sets aside a cowbell for Zaya. Yes. And oh. eventually you come walking out and Huli has spared no expense. Your kimono is lovely, freshly pressed and everything. I don't know if you press silk, maybe not. It's <laughs> it's nice. It looks very nice. You've got a little bit of makeup going on and Huli has given you some of her favorite perfume as well. I am stiff. I'm imagining a bit of a scene where like Aang first sees Katara in her Fire Nation gear. That's a good scene. I was thinking more along the lines of... Uh, Toth when she's in her. <laughs> That's exactly it. We'll say to Zaya, it feels like the Toth scene, and to Amar, it feels like the Katara scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... I can't move. If I move, I will rip something. And Huli says, Oh, whatever needs to happen so that we can secure the safety of bossing say, don't you worry. Okay. And then she brings out a fairly average looking pair of like servant's clothing for <laughs> Amar. Nothing like too shabby, like a very upscale servant that you had seen the upper ring of bossing say, but she pulls you into the back room and starts getting you gussied up in your servant's uniform. Okay. Thank you. I'm like trying to figure out how to sit down and <laughs> sit proper and not with my legs just like spread out. Like, dude, <laughs> try not to sit like that. And after a while, you are all gussied up and Rion brings you to the area where they've got like all the instrument cases and whatnot. And he says, would you like to hide in the taiko drum cases or would you like to carry some instruments and try and sneak through that way? Oh, I forgot that. Um... I can try and hide in one of the cases. Some of this might get wrinkled. I, I don't know if that's gonna like affect, but I will try. Huli's eye twitches a little bit and she says, anything for the good of bossing say, darling. I'm gonna like start crawling into the suitcase. <laughs> I feel more comfortable in a suitcase. Yeah, I will hide as well. And I would like to say that I, you know, I know I'm gonna come back for my normal clothes, but I took everything out of my pockets and made sure I had them, had it all stashed with me. I'm not missing it. Anything. Gotcha. It's not a very large stash, so it's pretty easy to transfer from one set of clothing to another. Yeah, don't have too much. So you guys are in the cases, and Huli calls up a couple of her attendants. They begin wheeling all of the instrument cases towards the rail cars. They show their paperwork at the rail car and start loading on the instrument cases. And it wouldn't be an intense avatar scene if there wasn't at least some chance of failure. No! <laughs> so I will say you guys are well hidden. You are being aided by multiple NPCs. I'll say whoever rolls to trick an NPC, you can have one point of help from Rion and from Huli each, and also the prepared status. So that's a potential plus three to this roll. Creativity. I think my creativity... I'm also insecure, negative two to trick, oh. so oh, it should oh, not okay. be me. Okay, I will roll. Don't touch your dice. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have touched my dice. Oh, no. Okay. That's four 
plus you said three? Yeah, if you clear the prepared status, that would bring you up to a seven. Yeah, we're going to clear that. Okay, okay. Seven. All right. On a seven to nine, you pick one. They stumble, take plus one forward acting against them. They act foolishly. I tell you what additional opportunity they give you, or they overcommit and are deceived for some time. Yeah, I always like doing the, they act foolishly and we have a new opportunity. Mm -hmm. I always like that one. All right. So as you're being loaded onto the rail car here, the daily kind of knock on the sides a little bit. They're like, ah, yes, instruments. I know know everything about instruments. This sounds like it's supposed to. (laughs) Much smart. (laughs) And as you're getting loaded into the rail car, you hear another individual saying, yes, I am going to be fixing the signal basins in the upper ring. Mm-hmm. And the Daily says, ah, yes, of course, a very important individual. Make sure that you get there as quickly as possible. <laughs> so uh, if you guys can manage to tail this guy, he could lead you directly to the signal basin. Well, too bad we are stuck in the drum cases. <laughs> so you guys start moving your way up the rail line. It's kind of sweaty inside of these drum cases, but you guys were already sweaty from nerves. True. (laughs) So are these like, do zippers exist? Uh, no, not yet. So are these clasp closed? Yes. They've got big metal, like guitar case sort of clasps on them. Okay. 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 Cause I was about to be like, Ooh, I would like to unzip and peek out. But um, then I was like, this sounds too advanced for society <laughs> at the moment. Um, so we can't open these from the inside, can we? Yeah. What is that? I don't, I feel like you wouldn't be able to. Depends on how hard you try. Use all my muscles. They're not necessarily expecting stuff to be trying to break out from inside of these cases. So yeah. they're not necessarily built to resist such assaults. Valid. I'm going to do like a light knock, like on like kind of the case once I feel like we've gotten like a little bit further so whoever's carrying me can be like what? <laughs> yeah so you you give this little secret knock and you hear Rion Sungi lean down next to you and say what? <laughs> <laughs> I go we need to follow that basin guy can you take us that way? <laughs> yes, we can definitely make sure we'll tail him and we'll get you wherever you need to go. Just let us know when to let you out. Just let us out when there aren't guards around. Okay, we'll do our best. Okay, you're a rock star. You hear a little squeal of joy come from outside <laughs> the case. Yeah, good. Any other things that you want to do while you're inside of these cases before you arrive at the upper ring? Take my sweat put it into my little water pouch (laughs) just so I got some extras. Classic. All right. So that way when I bend with it, you know, like it's just going to sting because it's salty. (laughs) Lovely. That's nasty. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I mean, you're not the first one who's fought with their own sweat in one of these episodes. So looks at Christian. (laughs) So eventually the rail car comes to a stop and they start wheeling you off into the acceptance area there. You're moving along, moving along. And eventually Zaya, you hear hear Rion lean down next to you again and say, okay, I think the coast is clear enough. Okay, just so we're aware, my head is at this spot, so like, let me out so I'm, I'm on my feet, don't drop me. Okay, very good. And so they set you down, and he opens up the case so that your head is in the right location. Oh, good. And uh, Amar got no such luck, so they <laughs> open it up and his feet are sticking up out of the top. <laughs> okay, here we go. And I'm sweating like crazy because I did not have the ability to wick the sweat off myself. It was hot in there, man. I got your sweat. You're good. Okay, thank you. 
After you finish wiping Amar's brow, Rion taps you both on the shoulders and points at an individual who's carrying a large architectural-looking scroll case. Kind of a shorter man walking with a bit of a hunch, very head forward in his stride, his arms crossed behind his back, kind of lanky, and he's just marching his way over to a little tower, and you can see, sure enough, up at the top of it is a large basin. Right, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, that looks like the other ones we saw. Um... I've got something of a plan. Yeah, go for it. You take the lead. Okay. I figured you'd be the head of this one because they are basins that deal with fire and you are good at the water stuff, so you'd probably be better at, like, sabotaging these than I would. Okay, so what I'm thinking is that we are kind of dressed for the part of me being maybe one of the higher-ups being told to go get him that he's needed or something. The repairman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, maybe he's needed for... They need to check his credentials because the guards at the gates thought they mistook something and they just wanted to double check or something i don't know okay okay yeah let's try that and then and then you're just you're just my little like you're my little guy that follows me around yeah so that's this is to get him away right yes that or we could just you know beat him up so it's really (laughs) either one what if we let him come and fix it, and then as soon as he is gone, we unfix it? Better, better do that. But, I mean, there's still the guards we have to deal with, but like, you know, he could think that the job is done, and then we undo the job. Well, I really hope he doesn't get fired over it, but let's do that. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to start making my way over there, just kind of following him. Yeah, and you see he reaches the bottom of the tower, and he kind of knocks on the side, and he looks up at it, and you can see from this distance there's a crack on the underside, of the basin and it looks like there's oil been spilling out of it down the side and so he starts just kind of humming and he starts walking up towards a step where there is none and with each step a little slab of earth comes out the side of this tower and he just makes himself like a little spiral staircase and starts walking up to the top just humming as he goes and eventually he makes it to the crack and he looks at some of his architectural plans and he starts running his hands over the surface and almost like clay begins molding this crack in the stone closed and he once again consults his paperwork and looks up at and dusts his hands together like he's satisfied with his job starts walking back down and retracting each step along the way about how high up we're about 20 feet up Hmm. can you bend your water up that high I can give it a shot. So it's just a stone tower with a basin of oil in the top. Pretty much, yeah. Though there's currently no oil inside of it because he just patched up the crack. That's right, that's right. I would like to see if I can kind of make like some steps almost and like a little bit more solid. And it, it would probably only be able to do like two at a time, really, so that I'll step, bring the back one to in front of me. Keep going, keep going, keep going. All right, roll to rely on your skills and training. I don't have good skills and training. Okay, that's a nine. All right, so you do it imperfectly. I tell you how it might lead to unexpected consequences. Crap. (laughs) You're going along and eventually you make it up to the top to the point where you're able to like grasp onto the lip of it with your hands. And at that moment, as you've grasped onto it, the ice cracks beneath your feet and your sweat goes falling down to the ground. Ah. And so you're just kind of hanging from the lip of the bowl at the moment. It's okay. I will catch you if you fall, but please don't fall. Okay. Um, 
I'm gonna try and lift myself up, trying to do like a pull up and be like, come on, I know we've done workouts. Yeah, I think that's simple enough that it's just a kind of a feat of strength. Pretty much everybody in the Avatar verse can do abnormal feats of strength just with ease. <laughs> cool. Okay, what do I see when I get up there? You see an empty stone bowl. It's about four feet in diameter, uh, a little shallower than like a hemisphere. So it's not like as deep as it is wide or anything like that. But yeah, just an empty four foot stone bowl. Okay. Do I see any other weaknesses to it? Roll to assess the situation. Oh, that's the one that I'm negative two in. Ugh, I'm so angry right now. It's a two. Ooh. That's uh, that's pretty bad. How does it look up there? Pretty pristine. Look, he did, he's really good at his job. I really think that he should get a raise, if I'm being honest, because he fixed this really well. Um, I'm going to try. We had this thing back home where especially when we get really icy a lot of like the stuff around us like the ice would expand and kind of destroy some of the stuff um so i'm gonna try and like like a pothole almost where put some water in there and like trying to make it expand like you know how after winter there's lots of potholes because of ice exactly you can tell that we live in idaho don't you yes <laughs> yeah you look around and i'll say with that in mind there are certainly areas of this where you can find like cracks between it's almost as if it's been like bricks laid upon each other with some mortar. And though the area that this man has just repaired is very nice and patched up, there are other areas that you can see have been weathered a little bit. So you'd be able to fit some water into there and do some uh, really quick pothole creation, essentially. Yeah, I'm going to kind of just do that until it causes a ton of cracks that like nothing is going to stay in this thing. Gotcha. Go ahead and roll to rely on your skills and training. Magnetic spirits, be with me. <laughs> That's a seven. Seven. Okay, that is still a partial success. Here's how it happens imperfectly. As always, you can accept these or you can mark one fatigue to overcome this potential consequence. Okay, bring it. If you don't mark that fatigue, it's going to take long enough that some Daily are going to find you during their patrol. No, mark a fatigue, mark a fatigue. Yep, I don't want yep, that. Yep, no, yep. no, thank you. Okay, <laughs> so you mark one fatigue. You have to really push yourself. You have to exert yourself because you're doing this rapid cooling and melting over and over again, taking a lot of energy out of you but eventually you do manage to crack all the way through and amar you can see water starting to seep out of the basin from below hey that looks great you definitely undid whatever he just did that's good okay i'm gonna make a little slide again to get down but i i think we're good and we can just kind of keep an eye on it i suppose yeah let's do it cool slide Woo. all right getting down again every average joe and avatar seems to be able to do athletic feats for whatever reason so it's a lot easier to get down than it is to get up it doesn't require as much dexterity can i make it kind of look like frozone sure <laughs> sweet it does that was really cool so you guys make it down to the bottom you've successfully sabotaged the signal tower and as you look around, it's not very hard at all to see where the palace is. It is the massive building right in the center of the upper ring. Do we trust that we did a good job and go? I say we watch. Let's see what happens next. All right. You guys head over to like a nearby canopy. There's like some tables out in front of a shaved ice shack. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, there is a waterbender here who has managed to make it very high up into the ranks of society and is making shaved ice for these upper crust hoity-toities. Mm. Um, if I have a notebook on me, I would like to take notes and bring it back to the library later. <laughs> of course. 
I was about to wonder if we should pull out the training rules and make this like a combat move, but uh, maybe we'll worry about that later because I don't think any snow cone based combat exists within <laughs> Avatar Legends. Not yet. Not yet. Yes. If it doesn't though, then we'll make it up and we'll come back to this later because I like this. <laughs> yes. Ned, amazing gift. All right. Yes. I will do my homework and see what we can come to with that. My homework will consist of eating shaved ice. I've got you. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, you guys are eating some shaved ice, just the two of you under this little canopy. Uh, Zaya, you're just kind of watching out, waiting for people to show up. Amar, I imagine you might be a little more distracted in this moment. So, papaya flavor. That's a pretty good flavor. <laughs> yeah, in the South Pole, we didn't really have a lot of flavors down there, and so a lot of the time it was like, just snow. Just You just ate plain snow? Yeah. We might, like, if we cook something up, like some meat or something, like the drippings, we might turn it into, like, a... <laughs> a savory snow cone. A oh, boy. Meat-flavored snow cone. A gravy like, snow you got, cone. You got bacon snow cone. You got seal <laughs> snow cone. Camera pans over to Marmar, and he's just like... Ugh, uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, I can see by your disgusted face that yeah, that doesn't sound too good to you. So, um, hey, I mean, you gave spicy tea a chance, and so I can give savory snow cones a chance. <laughs> well, if we ever make our way to the Southern Water Tribe, I will make you some. Okay, I could thank probably you. make it here, but it just wouldn't feel as authentic. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And about by this point, you see a couple of Daily officers are approaching to the tower. They've got a large wagon with a barrel on top of it that they're pulling behind them and one of them walks up to the structure there looks up at it and has a very confused look on his face and turns to the other and starts talking back and forth you can't hear any words but there's a lot of angry gesturing and eventually the two of them take the wagon and start walking in the opposite direction no oil. That's good. I feel safe in that. They probably have to put in a whole new work order for that guy to get back. He has to come and log his time again. It's just going to be a big, you know, lots of red tape that Jetsun loves so much. Oh, yes. Speaking of, I'm really worried about him. We should Would go. Would you be all right if we made our way there? Let's do it, Thank yeah. you. I just... I really want to make sure he's okay because I, we kind of abandoned him a little bit. I feel like 50% guilty about that. Yeah, let's go make sure he's okay. Thank you. You're welcome. And you guys begin heading off in the direction of the king's palace. And what has been happening this entire time? Jetsun. It's time to play Pai Show with the king. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So the king sits down across from you and it's a whole procedure. He's like got his cane that he's slowly lowering himself down onto his favorite pillow. And he says, well, my young friend, you are at a disadvantage for I have brought with me my lucky charm. And he reaches down beneath the table and he lifts up a little statuette about a foot tall or so of a grimacing monkey with ruby eyes and a ruby necklace. And he places it down on the table next to him and he says, my lucky statue, my favorite. <laughs> this guy's creepy. <laughs> and you hear Juhui kind of off to the side given a sharp inhale and you turn and look at him and his eyes are just bugging out as he's looking at the statue and he's kind of licking his lips almost. Oh, I forgot he's a thief. He's a Gonna want to yeah. This is like Abu in the in Aladdin. That's what I was thinking of. Aladdin, the, yeah. the Cave of Wonders. The Cave of Wonders. Oh, man. Okay, well, 
if I may, I would like to roll to start this process. Yeah, roll to study an NPC opponent during a game of Pi Show. All right, and I still have my continuous plus one going forward playing Pi Show. You do, but since you are no longer in the initial round of the tournament, you no longer have your negative bonus for cheating. Yes. Nice. That makes me very happy. Oh, you're moral again. So roll with harmony. That is an 11. Full success. So you get to ask all three of these. All right. Um, if I may, I'd like to take a more RP approach to this one. Indeed. So first thing I do is I pick up my tiles and I set them all and get them ready to start playing. Your Highness, if I may share a secret with you, up until a couple of days ago, I had never actually won a game of Pi Show. Oh, I find this a little hard to believe if you will pardon my surprise at hearing this one such as you who has bested even Taya herself, the leader of my secret police organization. Well, your words have shown your keen mind, so perhaps you will understand when I say it is because I never played to win. And then I start laying down my first few pieces, and I would, I'm would i not trying to win this game. I'm trying to communicate to him through this game. Interesting. Mm, nice. Right. Um, using techniques that I have acquired through my life, meeting with individuals and organizations. Paisho is a game people play, and a game people use to communicate sometimes in ways that are not overt. Mm -hmm. So my first question, I guess, would be just my opening banter. Are you familiar with the many symbols of Paisho? Ah, uh, certainly. The flowers each have their own meaning. The numbers of the petals carry with them weight and gravity. The special tiles as well. The lotus, the chrysanthemum bring their own beauty to the game. Precisely. I'm glad we understand each other. And I would like to attempt to lay a pattern indicating a current and present danger. He looks down at the table and you see a little furrow enter his brow uh, just slightly, and then it disappears. He begins placing his own tiles in opposition to you and says, My friend, we who have been around the block a few more times than others have more things that keep us up at night than the rest of us, those who are younger and less experienced with the ways of the world. And gestures over to Taya and the other two Daili, Tell me, my friend, what is it that keeps you up at night these days? And I have to answer honestly or mark one fatigue? Correct. Ah, oh, man, this is good. I know, I'm really in love. <laughs> I need to get my popcorn. I hesitate for a moment, and my eyes flick back towards Lobsang. I think it is the same thing that keeps all who reach our years. The past. It is my hastiness, my shortcomings my own inadequacies that I failed to see soon enough. I, as you clearly deduced, have been misguided. And as you make these statements about failing to see things soon enough, about being misguided, you continue placing your tiles on the table and he continues to pick up what you're putting down, essentially. And the furrow returns to his brow, but doesn't leave this time and says, Ah, yes, the weight of the past does not easily lift from the shoulders of those who are burdened. These are true words, your highness. And I would like to place down a series of tiles around where I put the clear and present danger. I'd like to place tiles representing the danger is coming from within. It is close at hand and it is coming from within. Mm -hmm. This is my trap I am laying and I will ask my leading question. Your Highness, if it is not too forward, I have heard rumblings in the city 
some who are unhappy with uh, relationships with the Fire Kingdom, the Water Tribes, and even some of the Air Nomads. A less accepting mindset than some would hope. Is this your policy, or one you have been advised upon? He sits back a little bit on his cushion, his eyes narrowing a bit, and he says, Policy, you say? There is no written policy for xenophobia within Basing Se. There is no written policy which would engender hatred towards our fellow nations. But as he's saying that, you catch like the smirk at the corner of his lips, the certain enunciations. There are no written policies mm-hmm. in Bossing Say engendering xenophobia, mm-hmm. no written record of the fact that he's trying to spread dissent and hatred. And you get the sense that Earth King Jaloon's principle is self-interest. Ah. All right. Then sticking with what I was saying before, I would like to throw the match, completely exposing my most valuable areas, showing that the danger that is around and close at hand is ready to strike, and uh, his self-interest would be best served by perhaps looking at home rather than abroad. And I will place my tiles quickly in in this succession as I say, Of course, no such policies should be written, and you show wisdom in protecting yourself. And I would like to attempt to slip out of my sleeve a tile that has a stone hand on it, the symbol of the Dai Li, and slide that in the place of where my most protected piece should be. He looks down at the table and you notice a flare of anger behind his eyes. Uh, Would you like to mark one fatigue to shift his balance once towards self-interest? I would. He begins placing his final tiles, finalizing your demise in this game, but he begins to look around at Taya and the other two Daili who are right here next to him, and he says, My new friend, you are informed beyond what I would have expected. Tell me, where does one become so learned? And with that, I will pull up the poncho of Wan Shitong's library that I wear and clasp it down the front and say, True wisdom comes through time and failure, but knowledge can be gained readily for those who seek it. That's beautiful. And I grasp onto the poncho and wait with bated breath to see how things go down. I've got basically one more move with these two at my back. I'm missing my waterbender and my firebender, but I've got an earthbender and an airbender if things go south. But I am just clutching my poncho with one shaking hand, waiting to see how this goes down. I'm so attracted to you right now. That was so good. (laughs) It's my husband. What? And the Earth King begins lifting himself from his cushion again, one creak and pop of a joint at a time until he makes it to a standing position. And he says, My friend, this game that we have played has been of great value to me. And he gives a little bow and he kind of hitches a moment and grasps at his back and holds out a hand as if he's making to stabilize himself. But as he lifts that hand up abruptly into a fist, you hear a rumbling noise and you see Earth comes up around the feet of Taya and the other two Dai Li, latching them into the ground. At that moment, I take my staff that I've had in my hand and I crack it on the stone and I have Zhu Hui assist and kind of try to pin the Dai Li in as well while Loeb Sang is gonna try and do a knockback attack with his airbending. Wow. All right. 
At this exact moment, Amar and Zaya, you have made it to the courtyard. You peer around the pillar just in time to see this first attack going against the Dai Li. I think it's time to get into an exchange. Oh, man. I'm so scared. Wow. Okay. I mean, it looks like they've got it from here. I mean, yeah, we really can just, need... you know, watch. Yes, we need help. All right. Would any of you like to defend and maneuver? I don't. I will defend and maneuver. I don't trust my focus roll right now. All right. Anybody advancing and attacking? I would like to advance and attack. Evade and observe? Me. Okay. We're going to then start with defend and maneuver. Amar, roll with focus. All right, that's a nine. All right, you get one technique. I will seize a position, and I will use that to establish an advantageous position. So I will rush in to this fight that is already happening. I see that the Dai Li are already starting to be pinned down. I will also come in and seize that advantageous position to further get up in Taya's grill and uh, pin her in. And what does that look like? You're kind of like all the way across the courtyard at this point. What does it look like as you just rush right into the middle of this melee? I am going to run and jump and then start sliding along the slick stone floors a little bit. And even just, I know I won't be able to do it a ton, but I'm going to put my hands behind me and firebend a little bit so that it propels me forward a little speedier and then come to a stop right in front of her. Yes, you come rushing in like a rocket, leaving little smoke trails behind you, much as Fifi once did back in the day. Mm -hmm. And as you come to a halt right in front of Taya, she looks down at you with a little bit of shock and rage at first, but then you see a little smirk cross her face. Hmm. Oh no. Let's go to advance and attack. Oh wait, actually, sorry. I forgot about the two Dai Li operatives. Ah. Uh, the two Dai Li acting as a squad, they're going to use the move protect objective and their objective is to protect Taya. So the group surrounds a person, place, or object with their backs to it to protect it from an attack, disruption, or seizure, marks two fatigue and comes prepared all foes near or engaged with the protected target become disengaged and pushed back from the target and are now engaged with the group. Could I mark a fatigue to block that? Uh, it does not have that stipulation. Darn it. Ah! And additionally, no foe can reach the protected target until the group is scattered or loses their prepared status. Ugh. And so you rush into Taya and these two Dai Li who were trapped by King Jaloon they're like, okay, we got to protect Ty right now. So they are going to mark that combination of three fatigue and or conditions. Going to mark two fatigue and the condition afraid because things have broken pretty bad here, much more than they were expecting. So they leap out of those bindings on their feet, land in front of Taya and kind of push you back a little bit. Now, advance and attack. Jetsoon, it is your turn. Absolutely. I have an ability called Fighting Like Dancing. When you advance and attack against a group of foes or a foe who has previously defeated you, roll with harmony instead of passion. So these two Dai Li will count as a group, correct? Correct. Would Taya count as part of that group, or am I going to have to roll with passion for her? Uh, currently, since she is so close to them, she's going to count as part of that group. Perfect. I would like to go ahead and roll with harmony then. Go for it. That is an 11. Sweet. You get two techniques. I would actually like to use one of my learned techniques. Ooh, baby. Turning it into a practiced technique. 
I'm going to use Breath of the Wind. So I take that staff that I hit on the ground and I bring it to my lips. It's narrow and hollowed out in the center. I take a deep breath and exhale, almost like a straw. And it creates this wall of wind that shoves back against a single target, which would these two count as a single target? Uh, they do count as a single target, technically, yes. Perfect. Then I will, it says, knock down a single target and inflict stunned on them unless they choose to mark for fatigue. Whoa. Wow. Four fatigue is a lot of fatigue. That is a ton. Uh, so you need to mark one fatigue in order to use this, but four fatigue on these guys, hmm, that's a, that, that's a big number. That's a big number of fatigue. <laughs> or are they just going to accept the stunned condition? They wouldn't be able to act in the next round. Ooh, that's big. They need to protect their objective, so... Woof, 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 woof. They're going to mark three fatigue and one condition. The condition that they are going to mark is insecure. Perfect. That's a good move when you can make the keeper woof three times. <laughs> oh boy. I'm coming in hot. Good moment to use that ability yeah, that, that you've been really... hanging on to there. Holy cow. <laughs> so as you do that, Lobsang is also going to come in with his attack against them. They're still standing firm, but he is going to like rush out and he's just going to grasp either of them by the forearm and hold on to them. And he's going to pressure them so they cannot defend and maneuver next turn, meaning they can no longer protect objective next turn. Nice. I was really hoping I'd roll the 10 plus on that one. I've been wanting to use that one for a while. It's a good one. <laughs> that is going to bring us now to Taya, who is also going to be advancing and attacking. Ah! Taya is going to use Smash, mark one fatigue to destroy or destabilize something in the environment, overcoming a fictionally appropriate positive or negative status. So Taya reaches down with her fist and slams against those bindings on her feet and leaps up out in kind of a backflip looks around at the situation, sees her two guards not looking very good, sees Amar standing right in front of her there, and she gives a heavy sigh, and she says, It seems the odds are against me at the moment. I think perhaps it would be in my best interest if I try to turn those numbers around a little bit. Amar, she looks at you and is going to use pressure and is going to choose defend and maneuver just for the sake of keeping the rules going. But she looks you deep in the eye and says, Emarukami, the Earth King has invited you to Lake Laogai. Shoot. What? I knew it. <laughs> and in that moment, your pupils dilate as far as they possibly can. And in your mind, you see that flashing light moving in front of your eyes. And you find yourself in the desert in the middle of the night, restrained to the ground by massive ice bindings. You see Taya in front of you, moving this light in front of your face over and over again, speaking words that you can't quite make out. They just crackle and hiss in your mind. As you kind of come back to the moment here, you're not entirely here. Your mind is still stuck somewhere that you can't quite reach it. Oh. You know, I honestly didn't have any suspicions until Jetsoon started putting things together with how Lobsang lost his memory. And then I was like, what if Taya did this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and in a voice that you can tell is your own, but does not feel like your own, you hear the words escaping your mouth. I am honored to accept his invitation. Oh. And that is where we're going to pick up next time. <gasps> no! I had such a good plan. I got to write it down. Oh my god! We can keep going. We've got time. It's okay. 
Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll pick up directly with you at the start of next session because oh. we still have to evade and observe in this exchange, right? Oh, <laughs> man. What a good button, but ah! Oh. Guys, so we've uh, we've actually had uh, one of our fans reaching in with some fan theories. Good old Ellie. Ooh, I'm interested. She had written in and was like, this might sound crazy, but I think maybe Amar was brainwashed by the Dai Li. And Ellie, oh. you were not crazy. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Man. Oh my gosh. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, I've been uh, holding on to that for quite a while, and it feels good to finally have it out in the open. It's so wow. good. Like, it makes sense. But also at the same time, I was like, no, there's no. But yes. I love it. Damn. Oh my gosh. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to ImpTab Avatar, and we'll be back next time with more adventures in the world of Avatar Legends. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a civil servant who has done the best job of his life fixing up a signal beacon <laughs> if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us, you know, maybe you want to talk with one of us about your own fan theories. I mean, hey, we say it every episode. Reach out to us. We mean it. Reach out to us. If you've got ideas about what you think is going on in the story, we'd love to hear them. You know, maybe hit up r slash Avatar Legends TTRPG. We'd love to see the rumor mill get affluent. It's all improv, so maybe your theory will become reality. We shall see. I was going to say, I think I saw there's an r slash improv tabletop. Is there? I think so. Wow. We've got some dedicated fans. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe people can talk about it with you there. I feel like I briefly saw it. Dang. I'll keep my eyes open for that. Holy cow. But yeah, I guess let's go ahead and do a round of plugs here. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play going through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. We just finished a very fun, entirely homebrewed arc that Thomas had designed for that campaign. Even though we're doing the campaign Tyranny of Dragons, he's adding a lot of his own content, and it's been a blast and a half. Absolutely adoring the stuff that he's been doing with that. Go check it out. Also, on this same channel, we have our Fate Campaigns, completely improvised, all kinds of wacky, weird stuff that we get up to there. If you would like to check out one of them as sort of an entry point, uh, may I recommend one of our more recent ones, Miceborn. Ah, so good. <laughs> it's got a lot of good knowledge of a wonderful series by Brandon Sanderson, Mistborn, as well as Redwall by Brian Jakes. We had a lot of fun with that one. We have lots of good campaigns, but that one's still fresh in my memory, so maybe go check that out. The other thing that I would like to plug this week is if you are a GM and you are running a campaign and you have a secret that is just oh so delicious <laughs> that you're having a hard time holding on to, just think of how much better it's going to be when it comes out naturally in the campaign instead of spoiling it beforehand. That's all. That's also I feel like that's also just general good life advice. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Imagine how much more they'll love opening your present when it's actually their birthday. Yeah, so I guess the recommendation here is be patient and just imagine the joy that you will see on their face when it's the right moment or the despair you'll see on their face when it's the right <laughs> moment as the case may be but everybody thanks so much for joining us here in the world of imp tab avatar 10,000 things i'm ned wilcock your host and gm and i've been joined by caleb anderton the betrayed amarukami mckenna Steele, the really good looking zaya Christian Randall playing Jetsoon of the Library. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on ImpTab Avatar.
Ned, is this the part where I tell you Christian made the r slash improv tabletop? Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs>